Welcome to Living on Purpose. I'm Mark Pumphrey, along with my co-host, Dr. Christy Stewart, coming to you from the Circle City, Indianapolis, Indiana. And today, we have another requested show. I know. It's a big surprise. We haven't had one in a a few weeks. A little while, yeah. Yeah, It's been a little while. But this one, we wanted to talk about the symbolism of the blue butterfly. Now, before we get into the specifics of the blue butterfly, I wanted to kind of talk about symbolism You know, we've done past shows about symbolism and what it means and kind of like that. But I wanted to give everybody kind of a reminder about that. Kick us off and tell us what symbolism really is. Well, it was the Rising of the Phoenix show. So we're we're just going to touch on it today. If if you want to know more about symbolism other than what we're covering, we cover it really in-depthly in that show. Mm -hmm. Definitely, yeah. But symbolism really is taking some type of object and making it represent something else. So taking a material object and representing something abstract... Um, some function or some process. In the in this case of this show, the blue butterfly is actually a real thing. It oh, does so unlike the like the phoenix is not a re- it's a mythological thing, right? Exactly. Okay. So in this one, we're going to actually talk about something that's real that people have seen. You can touch it, you can feel it, you can see it. Now it's extremely rare, which I think is why it has went into a methodical symbol. Oh, okay. Um, beyond just the sense. fact that it's a real living entity. And you know why we know it's real? How so? Because we can see it on Google. Well, there you go. Uh, well, there's an emoji, right? There is a blue oh, there butterfly is a, emoji. Yeah, there is a blue butterfly And uh, there's a movie out called The Blue Butterfly. Uh, it's a, kind of one of those B little movies, but you can get it on Netflix, I'm sure, or whatever. really signifies this as something that's extremely rare, something that's extremely powerful as far as a symbol. And that's kind of what the person that requested it wanted us to talk about. So basically what we're talking about is something that we can identify with, but stands for something else, right? Right, exactly. Okay. Exactly. One of the things in the Rising of the Phoenix show that we talked about was that personally, during bad times in my life, I have literally put up a picture of a a phoenix, Mm -hmm. like in my bathroom and in my office and different places, because for that, it symbolizes something to me that this moment is not going to last forever because with the phoenix, the symbolism that it represents is the fiery death, the rising from the ashes, and the resurrection, if you will, of that it can't rain forever, right? Mm-hmm. That this that life goes in cycles, and this cycle will eventually pass. And the blue butterfly we're going to find out today is very similar to that. What it represents or what it symbolizes out into the world is several different things, right? It's, it's, we're going to talk about the fact of just colors in mm-hmm. general, what blue means specifically, and what butterfly means, and then we're going to merge those things together. Right, which is kind of interesting because i got to tell you, I didn't know that blue had so many different levels to it. So, And the, the structural makeup of the blue butterfly is... From a, from a physics perspective, it's completely different. But well, and that's a, I got to tell you, this is one of those things that when people start to listen to, they first think, oh, this is getting a little woo-woo. or this. But it's really not because, I mean, when we talk about symbolism, really Christ on the cross is a symbol, right? Exactly. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's we're not talking far-fetched stuff here, you know. It, so I, I think that that's where people can relate it back to is if you do look at, the Christ on the cross or the cross itself, and it gives you inspiration and it speaks to you, it's kind of the same exact thing, right? And it represents different things to different people. And if we talk about religions in general, using your example, what Christ on the cross represents to um, someone who is Catholic is a little bit different than what represents to someone who is, say, New Thought or some of your Protestant religions that aren't so evangelical. That Jesus on the cross is a symbol, but does represent very similar 
but slightly different meanings for different people, which is the same thing you're going to find in symbolism in general. Well, and this is what I found really interesting. We've talked about this a lot in other shows, you know, especially in the travel shows. I know you've seen this all around the world. Is One of the things that I wanted to talk about is symbolism as communications. And I find this fascinating because I love everything about communications. We brought this up in, uh, was it the Norway show? I can't really remember. Well, probably several shows about iconic symbolisms that are universal, right? You can see them anywhere. Well, and that's kind of the, the, one of the big benefits of using symbolism as communication. And because it is, you know, it is a form of communication. Now, right. it's based a lot on your perception of what that is. And maybe the cultural differences could, could be different a little bit. But these are things that lo- really level the playing field. When we go down to the most simplistic nature of it. Doesn't matter who you are, what level you are at. They're very simple. It doesn't matter what what level of education, your age, your socioeconomic status, um, right? Your mental health Mm -hmm. status, that they level the playing field. Most people can understand what we're talking about. So give us some examples of what communication means when we're talking about symbolism. Well, again, these are going to be some of the similar ones that we use in the Rising of the Phoenix show. So if you listen to that show, these may not be too familiar. But down to the most simplistic nature, directions, right? Arrows that tell you to go this way or go that way. You know, your stop signs that say don't go, do go. Your lines on the road when you're driving to stay inside these lines is is where you're going to be safe. And I bet you a lot of people don't even think about those things being symbols. Well, you didn't until, didn't. We, until you said when we first started talking about this a few months ago. You were like, I don't even really know what you're talking about. And when I started talking about the most simplistic nature of lines on the road to keep yeah. you in a lane, you were like, oh, I never thought I about that. But that's exactly that. what it is. You know, there's so much more involved in the lanes on the road other than just, you know. They're there. They're there, you know. But they're to keep you safe. They're to keep you so everybody knows, as long as I do what I'm supposed to do, you do what you're supposed to do, we're all going to be safe here. We're not just driving down the middle of the road and who's supposed to go which way. Or weaving in and weaving out. Weaving in and out. <laughs> it, it is a symbol, a line, if you will, that is speaking to us in a different fashion that says, if you do this, then, then you're going to be safe. Well, and and it's also universal across countries. Like, you know, you talked about, what was it, the eye? Um, Right, your eye for information. Yeah, you're going to, anywhere in the world, at least anywhere in the world I've been, I've been a lot of places, the eye represents information. So if you get to an airport or train station, any place, you're going to have an eye Mm -hmm. for the information booth. Um, Stop signs, right? Stop signs are universal. Now, the word S-T-O-P may be different, but your but the, symbol, but the is symbol is the same. Red means danger or stop everywhere I've been in the world. Green means go or okay or some version of that. Those are universal things. You have some other things, right? The emojis. I think the emojis are probably the biggest communication feature that we have new in our culture right now that are a symbol that represents something else. Mm-hmm. Generally, feelings, expressions. You can do whole sentences in emojis that you don't even have to spell out a word and everybody knows what you mean. Well, and I think the reason why emojis are so important to people is because when you write something, that can be interpreted so many different ways. But if you put a little happy face at the end of it, that means you were being whimsical. If you put a sad face, that means that you were, you know, not happy when you had to write this or whatever the case may be. So now you know the reader's emotion behind it, if you will. I kind of, but I can definitely see that. Right. No, that's exactly, I think that's exactly true. And I think that that's what it's bringing to the table that we, that 
like the eye or, um, you know, an Apple yeah. with a bite taken out of it for Apple computers or iPhones. Again, that's going to be a, a structural thing. That's not going to be a feeling or emotion. Right. Not like the emoji is. The, but it's but it's solid. You know exactly what it is exactly. when you see it. The golden arches, things uh, like sure. that. Sure. The golden, the golden arches and Nike Swish are generally number one, number two on those recognizable symbols throughout the world. You also have what's coming on strong and, and overtaking those two are the Apple with a bite taken out for Apple computers because iPhones are everywhere in the world, as well as a little blue square with an F in it for Facebook. Oh, yeah. Well mm-hmm. represented throughout the world. People know, just know what that means. And so those we, are symbols that represent something else. Right. And they're they're talking about a brand in that, but it's still communicating sure. with you. It, again, it symbolizes a way for you to communicate. Well, you know, and speaking of communication and what it's saying to you, in our dream interpretation show, when we talked about that, and Mark was here explaining that stuff, and we were sitting here thinking, this is not no big deal, but it right. was a huge deal about those things that we we saw in our dream, right. and how he broke all that down, and what that meant, and how that related to us. It we, was we were sitting here with our jaw hanging open, because we thought, well, what does a table mean? You know, these, you know, because we both had table. If you haven't heard that show, go back and listen to it. It's really interesting. Uh, you had a table that you were talking to your dad, mm-hmm. uh, and Across. it was it was on the floor, and it was just it was just there. And I had a vision of a table that two guys were carrying down a hill that there was lopsided, and they were getting ready to drop it. And when he was like, "Well, that represents stability," and in your dream, your dad coming to you was a solid message that he was trying to send you that was very stable for me and where I was in my dream. It was very unstable. It was mm-hmm. very. Didn't really know what was going on, and it was I was very uncertain. So that we were like, really? really? <laughs> well, and again, we're going back to the whole thing. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that show, people are out there going, "Well, that's so woo." No, it's yeah. actually right. fascinating how accurate these things really are. Right? You know, water is emotion. That kind of universally accepted that water goes along with emotion. You know, for you again, back to dream interpretation. The eyeballs on the table. You thought that was insignificant. It was Why there was a tablecloth with eyeballs on it? What does that mean? And he's like, "Oh, that's huge because that represents self-awareness." So you're talking to your dad, getting really important information in a very stable environment, and you're getting this direct big sign that says right. this is about self-awareness. So th- those things, even our dreams, the same as everything else in our life, that most things are going to represent symbols, our pictures in our house, right? right. You have pictures of your house of good times, of people that you love that bring good memories to you that make you feel good. You don't you don't have random pictures of, you know, the neighbor's kids exactly. sitting on your shelf because mm-hmm. you don't have any relationship with them. That they don't bring that emotion. Well, um, and one of the things that I never even thought about, but they are symbols, is the way that ancient people used to record their culture, their history, if you will, well, on walls and right. Rock. Yeah, I mean, now they're popular tourist spots, but <laughs> yeah. at one time, this is how they recorded everything. Right, it was a- ancient record keeping. Yeah. Telling a story of how, how people went back to communication. Even before the verbal language was created, you had people drawing pictures of uh, you know, hunters around the elephants. Well, yeah, woolly mammoth animals, or something. You know, or something <laughs> that yeah, they had to work together and, and bringing down these things. And, and that's exactly what it is. Well, it? and don't you think it's interesting that when we talk about our life stories, we tell them in kind of picturesque 
type ways. You're telling a story. You're telling, you're really painting a picture for them. You know, it's like, oh, it was Italy and then the leaves were coming down and whatever the case may be, but you're drawing a whole picture for them. I think well, that's, that's literature, of, isn't it? That is literature. I mean, literature. that's all literature. I mean, the more you can create the feeling that people can relate, they can they can almost smell what you're what they're reading. They can see what they're reading. They're getting into the book of the feeling, the emotion, the fear of Little Red Riding Hood running through the forest. You know, you can feel those things. That's that's good literature. That's good writing. That's good poetry. When you can get people to feel things, a good great song like Shelley Tackett talked about. If it can make you feel mm-hmm. something, mm-hmm. okay, those again are tapping into things. They're not necessarily going to be symbolism in the form of like the walk sign, right? right? But there's, those are still things that are being used as symbols to represent something else. Well, and I guess that gets us to our next point, as abstract as it can be, because you've done some research on this, is the colors in a symbol, so I think that this is fascinating, too, that colors themselves can be a symbol, and the colors in the symbols can mean something as well. There's a whole science in this, <laughs> in understanding... There are people out there going, what? really? No, this is a big deal. You buy anything at the grocery store, there is a point to everything on that yeah. package. If yes. it's green... Decaf. Decaf, exactly. Yeah. They paint schools specific colors classrooms specific colors because children do better in those colors hospitals are generally going to be painted a certain color what was it that you were telling me when you were doing this because i mean you know all about this stuff is something with the color yellow that they only put small amounts of it on the outside of a restaurant yeah yellow we're going to talk specifically about yellow and what it represents but you're going to find if you pay attention to your fast food restaurants a lot of the logos are going to have yellow because yellow makes you hungry But a lot of yellow is an irritant, similar to red. So you don't want to overuse yellow. So you'll find that in a lot of fast food restaurants, the interior of the restaurant is painted yellow, a lot of yellow. So yellow brings you in because you're hungry, but if you do an excessive amount of it, it irritates you, so you leave. And they specifically paint the inside of fast food restaurants yellow so that you do not stick around too long inside the restaurant. There you go, folks. Some yep. dead science it's, there for you. It's <laughs> everything in your environment is painted a specific color for a reason. And, you know, one of the things that was really fascinating that I got more in-depth on this when I was researching for this show was what you can tell about a person's personality by what colors they surround themselves with, what choices they make for colors, what do they wear, what is their phone case, what a car color they have, what rooms they paint their house with, all those things, you know, what, what colors they have in their cubicles of different things represent a lot about a person's personality. You can find out a lot by never even talking to the person, by just looking at what colors they choose to surround themselves with. God, that's fascinating. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I... Again, whole science in this. I bet you the 70s were really hard for scientists <laughs> at that time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the... I didn't read anything about what tie the 60s I meant. Yeah, there you go. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Plays a hugely important role in our lives, whether we realize it or not. You know, and it, it definitely has the ability to affect our emotions and our moods. And again, it definitely links to parts of our personality being able to reflect those things. 100% a nonverbal communication. Can you kind of go into that? Because, I mean, I, I got to tell you, I don't think people realize that enough, that color is a form of nonverbal communication. Most definitely. It said what we talked about, about your personality, and we can identify different things in your moods. But this is not a new concept for business. Color increases brand recognition by up to 80%. 
of products. Mm-hmm. So you can, you know, you know the golden arches are yellow. And right? they stand for McDonald's. And they stand for McDonald's. There are certain branding things that are certain colors. Yeah. And and you, you just automatically go, when you're going to a shelf and you're looking for something and you know it has a red package, you go for that red package. Mm-hmm. They know not to change that red package. They may change other things on that packaging. Stouffer's, for example, they did just change their packaging on a few of their frozen food items. I can't find them <laughs> anymore. And I literally was looking for... Uh, chip beef gravy the other day that used to be in a red package that is now in a brown package. I was at the store two or three times before I was willing to put in the effort to actually try to find right. it because now it looked different. Well, I guess that goes back to the color symbols, words. That's how people learn. But yeah. I think people need to know that, that they know right now that color is a form of nonverbal communication and it increases brand loyalty by 80%. That's right. Well, and 90% of your snap judgments that take place specifically in the grocery store, but other products that you buy, 90% of your snap judgments can be based solely on color. Wow. There and I go. just learned something the other day that depending on the type of cover that's on a book, it uh, depends on its sales. If you're in marketing, if you're in research and development, you this is not new to you, <laughs> that color is extraordinarily important in sending whatever the message that you want to send. And if you're not even on a presentation, right, if you're not paying attention to what colors you're using on your presentation slides, you could be hurting yourself. As humans, we see three different color groups. We see red, green, and blue, which is interesting because scientists believe that humans evolved to see color. As a, as a way of survival, right? To be able mm. to distinguish between foods that we can eat and we can't eat because that's another thing in nature, right? If you look at nature, your most poisonous things, whether it be berries and snakes or anything else, generally have the brightest colors. That's I mean, true. So talked a few minutes ago about personality. What colors you surround yourself with can tell a picture about you. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. One of the specific examples that I got that you might find interesting are cars and car colors. I know we talked about that one time. Um, There's a lot of research on this. Yeah. On what now? This is dependent on that you pick your car color, and a lot of people just go and you know you want a red one. They don't have a red one, so you get a blue one. But well, hey, I will say I won't buy a car that's white. I don't care what kind gonna, of deal that you'd give me. I wouldn't buy a white car. That's interesting because we're going to hear in a minute what white is. So we'll see what you don't want to <laughs> identify with. But black represents empowerment, right? It, it, mm-hmm. Black generally represents that you're not going to be manipulated. It's interesting. It seems strong. It's a very strong color. It is a very strong color. And when it comes to cars, it's interesting because I thought red cars were involved in the most accidents, but it's not. Black cars are actually involved in the most accidents. Mm. Um, many commercials show black as their car models, and I didn't really think about this. It's one of those things that you know people were sitting back and thought, oh, I really never thought about it. I didn't really think about this. If you watch a car ad, most cars that are in the advertisement are black because it's associated with affluence and seriousness, and it leads the customer to believe that the product is worth buying. How many mm. blue Cadillac Escalades have you ever seen? I don't think I've ever seen I haven't. Cat. I've seen maybe some white ones. I've I have seen, seen more black almost ones. all black ones. That's true. Because, again, it's affluence. They're very expensive. They're, it's a very serious. They're generally going to be your um, customer belief that, the, that it's worth buying, that it's worth a that lot of money, sense, that and it's affluent. And they know this, folks, because 80%, they already know. There you go. <laughs> um, if you have a blue car, it represents that you're practical, calm, and loyal. Red is energetic and showy, and you want to get attention. If well, you have a red car? If I'm going to have a Ferrari, I've, I got to Again, have it. but that, but isn't that the truth? I mean, I don't know that you're going to find too many Ferraris that are blue. 
This is right? true. You're going to get a black one or a red one. Yep. Well, I got to be Magnum PI. I got to well, get the big. <laughs> um, purple. I I did see a purple car today when we were. I, did you really? I did. I saw a purple car today. Uh, I don't know that they're that common, which I don't think they. Well, should you know be what blows me really away ugly. is that they actually have an analyst think about what purple cars, cars mean, mean and we never see that many of them right well it means that you're unique and there are usually people who don't care about what other people think then they're trying to send that they are one of a kind the message out into the world they they're are. One, yeah they are good. okay white it means oh. it reflects purity and innocence and it's a predictor of an extrovert wanting to send off some type of type of status symbol well, so apparently you don't need a status symbol and you're not innocent. pure and innocent. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, green is the person is calm and cares about the environment. thought that was mm-hmm. interesting. I can I'd see like, that. I'd like to pure, see a study on how many of the hybrids are green. That's what, that I, that's what an, I was thinking. That would like be an it. interesting thing. Um, yellow represents being optimistic. Yeah, I don't see very many yellow cars. I mean, unless it's a sports car. You know, I've seen a lot of sports yeah. car. So you're an optimistic, fast person. So there, there you go. <laughs> Especially if you pinstripe it in red. There you, there you go. Silver. I found this interesting that silver is the safest car that you can buy. It's the least likely to get into accidents. And it represents, um, again, being calm and cool in your personality. That's because you don't want to drive it. That's why it's, <laughs> it's ugly. Because that's what you said. It's ugly. Yellow, it's silver ugly. cars are ugly. So there you go. So if you're out there buying a car and you're drawn to a certain color, now you kind of know what... That means why you're drawn to that certain color. So, you know, if you're drawn to white car, you're, you're a pure person, not me. I obviously yeah. am not pure, innocent, and I'm not seeking to be an extrovert. So. <laughs> there you go. But so what does this all mean? When we're talking about what do colors mean in our personality? Right. Because, I mean, truly, if we're going to talk about getting a car in a certain color, that's got to reflect our, kind of our favorite color, right? Maybe. Well, I don't know if it represents favorite color, if it represents what message we want to send out into the world. But or how, definitely how we feel about ourselves, for sure. And I think that there are other predictors. It's really about looking at the whole picture. You know, okay. again, because I didn't buy my car, car because of the car color. No, I bought I it either. because specifically I could tow it behind my motorhome. So, <laughs> you know, whatever color it was was going to be the color that was. But, but I think you could look at what colors I wear. All the time, generally, you oh, can look okay. at how what I what colors I painted my house. You can look at your one of the big things was people's cell phone case covers, um, and they they just have they're doing all these studies on per, your setting your personality really? based on your cell phone case cover. Yeah, I thought that there's a lot out there. on But that. then again, how on. do we know? Because see, they they're doing the studies on it. We might be buying that subconsciously because we like it and not thinking anything about it. Well, I think that's what. What we're talking the whole show today on the right. colors is that we do, we don't realize it. We're not realizing that people are marketing to us to get us to buy their product based on the mo- the highest probability of the color is going right. to identify with and it. And how but, that relates to our personality, right? right? Well, red is interesting because red in general as a color, it increases the heart rate. And I've never noticed that. I mean, when we talked about that, I didn't... Mm-hmm. It, maybe it does. I, I If there's folks out there that, you know, they... Every time they see red, well, I guess that's where you hear those songs. I saw red, and I slammed the door, so. Right. Oh, I think that that's, there you go. I think that that's exactly true. Because our brain processes our the color red. When, our, when it hits our subconscious, goes through our eyes, hits our subconscious, the mind relates that we're seeing danger automatically. Our eyes will focus on a red object before seeing any other color. Um, you're driving down the interstate. Pay attention to the exits that have the fast food restaurant logos on them, you're going to find a lot of red 
because I it's the first that. thing that you're going to notice the red in the logo before you notice anything else surrounding that sign. Color symbol words, so, folks. There you go. <laughs> you know, but the whole danger thing is why stop signs, car taillights, emergency lighting, whether it be, you know, police or uh, whatever, they are going to identify with a red light mm-hmm. because red automatically, instinctively, subconsciously for us signifies danger. That makes sense. So, and also, you know, red can be very aggressive, right? It gives okay. not only that feeling of danger, but too much of it can have the opposite result, and it actually is irritating if you overuse it. So according to research, red is the worst color to paint your bedroom because it's a stimulant color, and it leads to poor sleep patterns. Do you know what? I never thought about this until you just mentioned it right now, and if folks don't know what this restaurant is, but Red Robin. So they changed all their seats in the side the restaurant to red seats, Oh, really? And it irritates me. And I have no yeah, idea. Yeah. I've never paid much attention to that, but it irritates me. Red, I hate sitting in them. Yeah, red and yellow are those stimulant colors that, when used lightly, can can send a message, but when used in excess, are irritants. Yeah, I, did, I yeah. never even paid attention. Now we know Red Robin will never sponsor our show, but, you know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> there you go. Well, uh, this, is, this was an interesting, and I, I added this even though it's not a primary color, but... Pink. There is a lot of studies done on males and pink because pink actually has a calming effect, especially on men. And similar to white, it gives a feeling of kindness and innocence and being helpful. Now that I could see. And it calms people down. I could see that. Because if you if you see somebody with pink on, you just you think they're warm and fuzzy. I don't know yep. why. Yep. Again. They're approachable. They're again the same. This is the whole concept of what we're talking about. Hmm. Uh, green. If somebody who wears a lot surrounds himself with green, is symbolic of nature and represents calmness and relaxation. It generally shows a clear vision. And one of the things is you know one reason we talked about in some of our shows that going out for a half an hour walk at lunch can just calm you down. And make you feel better, and you can get through the day a whole lot better by just being out in the grass and the trees. Uh, This is why, because green has a calm and a relaxing um, feeling, and it represents that's what it represents. Do you drive your green Prius to the green nature reserve to take a walk? Yeah, then you just sit there and meditate. And those people could probably actually meditate properly. Probably, yeah. More than we are because we're wearing our red jacket to a red car, uh, a red car to the to the beach, right? Um, purple being a mix of blue. Here's purple again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, being a mix of blue and red, it represents royalty. In ancient times, I learned this when I was in England, that purple and other colors such as that were outlawed because it represented wealth. So, But purple in itself is calm and powerful. So if you are a purple person, that is a good thing for you. The mind links purple to authority, wealth, and elegance. Now that we're going to see a ton of people with purple stuff on everywhere. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Yellow, we've talked about a little bit. It's an attention getter. Yeah, which is one reason why the most of the emojis are yellow. At least your smiley faces and so forth are yellow because it grabs attention. It speeds up metabolism. It makes us hungry. Talked about that. And mm-hmm. a lot of signs for fast food you're going to see are yellow because it stimulates hunger. Now, the one thing that you talked about that I thought this was really interesting is how it stirs up feeling of optimism. It does. In its, again, in, in the smaller forms, it, it is a happy color. It makes people feel optimistic. I, when that, I find that fascinating. Hungry and optimistic. There you go. <laughs> You're going to find a lot of logos that are going to mix red and yellow together, and that gives a, a message, subliminal message of strength and power. McDonald's, folks. There you go. 
black. We talked about that a bit already, that people are empowered. They are generally not easily manipulated. It is associated with evil, even though in Dr. Mill's show that we did on balance that red is actually historically about evil, not black. But I can tell you, I'm not evil or anything like that, but I like to wear black because it's slimming. That's right. That's another reason. It helps you feel more confident. And it, it does. does, in fact, uh, make you look skinnier. White. Purity and innocence again. Not your favorite thing. No, I guess not. I uh, <laughs> you know, and again, we see when we talk, put colors together, like the yellow and the black, we're going to put the white and the black together, right? The good and the bad, the evil, the yin and the yang. Uh, none represented more than that in Chinese mythology. The duality of good and bad represented in the black and white culturally speaking colors have different values attached to them so one of the differences in culture when it comes to white i found was interesting was then western world us right our brides wear white where in asia widows wear white as opposed to black but nobody should wear white after labor day there you go especially (laughs) shoes so since we're this is a show on blue in yeah, let's dep- talk about blue. Let's, let's it, talk I mean, about blue it's, it's part of the title of the show. There so. you go. Deluxe Paint did a survey and found that 42% of males and 30% of females said that blue was their favorite color. And it's interesting sure. enough that in most of history, blue did not even exist. And even for the longest time, it didn't have a name. It didn't have a name until like the 13th century. I know. You told me about this. I, I and- of course, we were make, I was making jokes about it. It's like, well, what do they call it? So, <laughs> well, actually, what do they call it? They called it green. Green. Green folks. and blue were the same color. I mean, for... so you looked up the sky and go, man, that's a beautiful green sky. <laughs> actually, in literature and poetry, that's exactly what they did. The Egyptians were the first to create the color blue. Um, it was not used for the masses until the 13th century by those Germans. They're the ones that started Whoa. mass producing blue. Those Germans. Those Germans. Those blue Germans. Those blue Germans. <laughs> And there's only one place in the world that blue was mined. It's in Afghanistan called the Valley of the Stone. So you, and so you came back with, well, what about sapphires? Sapphires are actually purple. <laughs> so are blueberries. That's true. Blueberries yeah, are actually yeah. purple. So things that we want to classify as blue are not technically blue. I don't need, you can't even go there bluish because they're, they're not they're, bluish. <laughs> but blue symbolizes trust, loyalty, wisdom, confidence, intelligence, faith, truth, and heaven. Is considered beneficial to the mind and the body. It slows down the human metabolism and produces a calming effect. So those are all good things. It's the third primary color. It is a very spiritual color. When they started mass producing blue, the only thing that blue was really used for prior to that was the robes of Mary. Hmm. So Mm -hmm. it it definitely links to the healing power of God. I can see that, though. I mean, if you think about it, having the color blue around you and Mm -hmm. especially laying on a beach, it just just does something for you. Since it is a calming, peaceful color, uh, it is the most common color for bedrooms. And research indicates that it actually improves your sleep patterns. So if you don't sleep well, you should paint your bedroom blue. Blue is also seen as a sign of stability and reliability, which is why you're going to find that your police department's often are represented in blue uniforms. Okay, I could see that. Well, um, and a lot of uniforms are like that, if you think about if you it. Wanted, if, and most of those are going to be something that you have to believe in, that they're stable, they're reliable, powerful, really? security. You're going to find that blue is going to represent that. Interestingly enough, if you want that job and you're going to a job interview, you should wear blue because, again, it sends an unspoken message that you're loyal and trustworthy. 
But shouldn't you put a hint of black in there somewhere? Uh, because then a... you're powerful and empowered <laughs> and you're not easily manipulated. Certainly. You might throw a little red in there, too, because, you know, you go outside the box. But No purple, people. No don't, purple. Don't, there you don't go. Don't take purple. <laughs> Um, so, but the darker the blue, the more the authority. So again, you're going to find your police departments are generally going to be in navy or dark blue. Your military uniforms are kind of going to be in a dark blue. You can rely on it to take control to do the right thing at difficult difficult times. That's what we link blue. I can see that. But on the flip side of blue, uh, if it's overused, it can make you feel depressed. So there's a lot of good with blue, but you don't want to overuse it because it can go from feeling that. Um, reliability and stability and calmness and all those things that blue represents. If you use it over, it can actually... Well, I wonder what depression. too much blue would... I don't know what I that don't know. I don't is. think there is too much blue, because I'm a blue say. person. I mean, so. I, I like blue, but I mean, I could I could go with that. I could see if it was too much blue. You know, who wants right. that? Since we are talking about blue and the butterfly, we need to know how that kind of fits together. So let's talk about butterflies for a moment, because butterflies themselves can be a symbolism, right? Butterflies are a very powerful symbol in our in our world today. They symbolize the past, the present, the soul. To Native Americans, the butterfly is a symbol of change, joy, and color. It's Christians believe that it's a symbol of resurrection, which makes perfect sense, right? Oh, Around yeah, the world, does, yeah. people view the butterfly as representing endurance, change, hope, and life. And there's a lot of pictures out there that if you look at uh, Jesus, he's going to be holding a blue butterfly. There's a lot of blue butterflies that relate directly to the symbolism of transformation, if you will, from the caterpillar to the butterfly and the metamorphosis of that. I don't know if you think about it, when people think about butterflies, at least for me, I'm thinking, it just seems new. And young. I don't know. I, I don't know if those are the right... Free, I think. Free, free. that's I a good word. Free, yeah. That's what it represents for me is freedom of going, literally going from a caterpillar that is of the earth, on the earth, moving upon the earth, to evolving, if you will, just like we as humans do, mm-hmm. from um, a child that crawls and then walks and then grows and then we can self-actualize into our adult life to be this blue butterfly that can think for ourselves, believe in what we believe, and move into this world that we can make a difference and find our purpose on the planet. That's what it represents to me, is that evolution of from the ground to the sky and living through all of that transformation that comes in between that gets messy. But still remains this innocence if you will sure yeah i think that that's a great thing but the blue butterfly specifically is really a pretty interesting little animal because most animals get their color from what they eat like right. pink flamingos for example they they're actually gray but they get their color from what they eat same is true for a lot of birds uh, a lot of butterflies are the same thing and their pigments come from you know the red the orange the yellow the brown you see all of those those are pigments. Blue in the blue butterfly is not a pigment because there's there are very few things in nature that are actually pigmented blue. I know you said that. I, so I think people need to hear that again. There are very few things that are pigmented blue. So when we're right. talking about that, most things that you see that are blue... Are either not blue, like the blueberries or, or your sapphires are not blue. Or not, yeah, not blue. But... As opposed to being blue and the blue butterfly being a pigment color, mm-hmm. it is actually a structural makeup. It is actually a physics experiment, if you will. The blue <laughs> butterfly is not blue. It is a fascinating structural makeup of their wings. The outside of their wings, when they close their wings, and you see the outside colors of the brown, mm-hmm. those are pigments. But when the but blue butterfly, and this isn't true for all butterflies, but when the blue butterfly opens its wings and you actually see the blue, 
it is actually a said a structural makeup of wings in themselves that when the colors, you know, Isaac Newton came up with the separating of the colors. Right. All the colors actually go through the blue butterfly wings except for the blue that actually gets reflected off of their wings. So all that you see is blue, but there is actually zero blue content. So of the rainbow, when we look at, when we're talking mm-hmm. about a rainbow, it's sucking the whole rainbow into their wings but only Reflecting Keeping the blue. the blue. Yeah, exactly. reflecting the blue. And that's the same in, uh, you know, uh, other that's animals wild. as well. So the, you know, our eyes, people who have blue eyes, they're not actually blue. It's the same thing. Blue is not a pigment. It's a reflection. It's not a actual color. That's why. So people with blue eyes, folks, if you got blue well, that's eyes. That's 8% of the population. <laughs> there you go. But it's very complicated. It's an odd law of physics. And it's actually how the light waves hit the structure on mm-hmm. the wing just know that and then just the blue, traps the blue the tra- traps the blue it reflects the blue like a prism that it is in fact not blue so what you're what we're trying to say is it's impressive it is impressive <laughs> it is impressive um and it should be because it that's one reason why it is so extraordinarily rare to see an authentically blue butterfly it represents transformation. It represents a symbol of love. It represents rebirth and resurrection. Again, all those things that butterfly represent, it is a sacred totem that is believed that if you see a blue butterfly, that wish it, your wish is going to come true, that you are going to, it's going to bring about sudden good luck to you. Well, as, for, as um, rare as it is, it probably should. It's right? a wish granter. If you see a blue butterfly, you're, you know, again, your wishes are going to come true. It's, it is a very symbolic totem that is not just myth, mythological and its representation of what we talked about, blue and butterfly, and combining those two things, that it is structurally a very unique being on this planet that is, in st- structural form, extraordinarily rare. So if we're talking about symbolisms, and that's a pretty good symbolism to have, something that is rare, it's unique, it's, it, it, it's so unusual as far as being part of the masses if you will that when you see one it really means something yep and then i think that that is what it's about when you want to use the blue butterfly as a symbol if, if you're in that place that you need to know that you're going to make it through that transition whatever that transition is that you need a symbol of love and hope that you believe that you know your wishes are going to be granted that there is going to be a tomorrow that is, you know, that you can move into calmly. But I think that's, you know, what Blue Butterfly represents is that you can weather the storm, right? That that there is a transformation, that you are going to go from the difficulties of the larva to evolving into a caterpillar that is maybe has its limitations and, and finding its way and moving very slowly that you can evolve into something better and and have a freedom to do that by being non-resistant well i think it would be an awesome way of keeping a symbolism in your heart so well christy do you have any final thoughts for us today the painter edward monk said that the landscape will alter according to the mood of the person who sees it so i think that represents what this show today means for me that who you are really is represented by the colors that you surround yourself with. Knowing that colors and symbols influence our worldview is vitally important, I think, to really understanding who we are and why we do what we do. And we can get a small glimpse, very small glimpse, why other people do what they do if we pay attention 
to the what colors they surround themselves with. You know, I watched a YouTube video and she said that the magic of butterfly transformation is that they move from one state to another without resisting. When I heard that, I thought, yes, you know, we're transformed by the choices that we make and sometimes by the other choices that other people make. We start by being completely dependent as a baby. We learn to grow and move into an adult. The experiences throughout our lives are different for everyone, but the stages are the same. So using the blue butterfly as a symbol of how to go graciously through those stages and face the unknown, I think it'd be really positive. Blue representing trust, loyalty, wisdom, confidence, intelligence, faith, and truth. I think all qualities most of us want to send out into the world. And talking about those values of the unknown transformation of the butterfly and literally go from crawling across the ground to flying into a self-actualization with self-confidence. Taking all of life's goods and bads and using that in our adult life to embrace our purpose. That's what it means to me. Now, what it means to somebody else may be completely different. To live freely as who we are. And when the world squeezes us, we can authentically come from a place of love and compassion. Trusting and believing that during our most difficult times that moving from the caterpillar to the butterfly can be in that next moment. And if we can have hope and allow God to pave the way for our transformation and kind of breathe through the fear and stay in a place of not resisting, but embracing all those possibilities of abundance that the world has to offer. I think that is the true message of Blue Butterfly. Again, it may be that simple, but it's not always that easy. But to intentionally use a symbol of blue butterfly in your life, we can really weather the storm and believe that tomorrow we can have most amazing wings and magnificent colors, and it allows us to bring hope and promise to all those that we come in contact. So we're about out of time for this show, and we have some great news. Starting January 1st, 2022, you can find our show at livingonpurposepodcast.com. Or any of the podcast platform like Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher. Just search Living on Purpose Podcast and subscribe to the podcast. Or look us up on Facebook and give us a like. And let us know what you want to add to this new show. That's right. So live every day of your life. On purpose. On purpose.